Welcome to the Harbour City Podcast. We are a church in the East African port city of Durban, South Africa. Get to know us better at harbourcity.co.za or at harbourcitydbn on socials. We hope you enjoy this message. One of the things I've been thinking quite a lot about is this idea of movement. And um, so movement not in like a biokineticist way, if that's the right way of saying it, not in like how we move and walk and dance and things like that, but like how things go from one space to another. Um, so, um, and which is, I think, kind of the human condition is that we move, we grow, we change, we progress. It's uh, Albert Einstein said this, it is the same with people as it is with riding a bike. Only when moving can one comfortably maintain one's balance. Like, uh, this is idea, I think, that uh, human beings are people on the move, uh, that movement is essential to our lives, that growth, that change. Uh, um, there's a scene in Step Up One, if you've ever watched the dance movie, Step Up One, and it haunts me, this one scene in the movie, it haunts me because uh, uh, Channing Tatum's character, he's like a foster child and uh, he gets into trouble and the foster mom who's working and doing everything and uh, gets him out of the court case and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then she comes home to a crazy home of kids and there's the dad with the big belly sitting on the couch moaning that the wife hasn't brought some food yet, doing absolutely nothing. And I look at this picture and it haunts me because I'm like, oh dear, don't let that ever be me. Like sitting there waiting for the remote and being like, when is someone going to serve me while I do nothing and just laze around. And there's something like when we think of that, we think like that there's something wrong with that picture. We human beings should be growing. We should be moving. We should be changing. We should, in some sense, becoming uh, a better version of ourselves. Um, and I, I've partly been thinking also about movement. Uh, you would have heard me mention this phrase a couple of weeks ago, but there's the Greek phrase telos, which is essentially tell us is, is the idea of us moving towards our vision of the good life. Um, what is our vision of the good life? What do we believe the good life is? Dallas Willard says this. He says, there are essentially two questions that all of humanity has tried to answer through all different spaces. And he says, the two questions are this, is what life is the good life? Who is a truly good person? Um, and, and essentially what uh, the guys say is the tell us, our idea of what we believe the good life is, is how our lives are moving. We're moving in that direction. And we're going to look a little bit at Ezra and Nehemiah, how it's rebuilt. Um, or even if we think about it in South Africa, I think there's just so much movement. How do people choose where they live, where they don't want to live, where are they moving to. And uh, if we look at the Beatitudes, I want to look at two kinds of movements. And uh, we're not going to go into depth each blessed phrase uh, this morning, so we're not going to look at that. But we want to look at two kind of movements. Uh, the first is what the Beatitudes tell us about Jesus. Um, and the second is what the Beatitudes tell us about our discipleship and the Sermon on the Mount. So, 
we're going to look at that. And the first movement that we want to look at is Jesus' movement. What do, what do the Beatitudes tell us about Jesus? Um, and they do tell us something really radical. The Beatitudes have been a stumbling block for, for many people. They bring great hope to some. They bring a stumbling block to others. They are challenging in their content. They're challenging in the fact that Jesus starts his Sermon on the Mount with them. But they tell us something about Jesus. Um, the first thing, that, the, well, the main thing, I think one of the things that they tell us about Jesus is who, who Jesus comes to. The God of the heavens, the creator of the world, Jesus Christ, what we know about him, as it says in John 3 verse 3, he is the one, uh, it says, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the son of man. There's something profound about this, that Jesus descends from heaven. He comes into the likeness of humanity. He descends from the glory of heaven into the likeness of humanity. And we're going to see a little bit more about that because that gets even more radical when you think about the Beatitudes. But it's radical that Jesus, the creator of the world, God, descends into humanity being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made uh, in human likeness. Of that verse, confused me. From the most glorious place in the universe, he descends into humanity. He descends into you and I. He becomes human. That descent is a radical concept. Um, I think one of the things that we, we learn about Jesus, and especially through much of downward mobility. Now, one of the promises of Western society, the way of the world, is, as Dean Brackley says, the way of the world is upward mobility. It's a flight from the poor. Uh, every one of us, in some sense or another, are trying to move in an upward direction. We're trying to make something of ourselves. There is the promise that is inherent, especially in our Western society, that we can move up the ladder of social class, that we can get richer and wealthier and move more and more away from problems and away from the troubles of society, away from the poor. Essentially, we move away from that uh, into a place that I think is a promise of security. It's a, it's a promise of comfort. And that is for probably most of us, the, the direction of our lives, the way we're trying to shape our lives. We're trying to move in a certain direction. We're trying to move towards success. We're trying to move towards greater wealth. We're trying to move towards greater security. We're trying to move towards greater comfort. We're shaping what we use our time with. We're shaping where we live. We're shaping all of that on this trajectory of upward mobility. Jesus models something completely different. He models 
downward mobility. He moves from comfort. He moves from heaven. He moves from the throne of the glory of God. He moves from the place of eternal bliss. He moves from that into the brokenness of humanity. He moves in the opposite direction that we're all trying to go in. We're all trying to create heaven on earth. Jesus comes into brokenness as opposed to trying to run away from it. Surprising about Jesus. You think if he comes, if he descends into humanity, he's going to choose the great places to live. You know, like when Jesus descends into when he comes to Durban, he's going to go to Belito or, you know, somewhere on the beach, great view, nice house. It's going to obviously have a lot of security, kiff little like lounge space with a, a view of the sea and a walkway onto the beach straight. That's where he's going to be. Um, but what the Beatitudes tell us is the Beatitudes tell us the radical nature of who Jesus comes to be with. Blessed are the poor. Or in spirit, as it says in Matthew. Blessed are the spiritually bankrupt, are the trod on, the disregarded. Blessed are the people that no one cares about. Blessed are the sad. Blessed are the mourners. Blessed are the weak, the meek, the people that no one considers worthy. Blessed are they. This is who Jesus has come to. Jesus moves in a downwardly mobile, immobile. I'm not at the phrase right there. Exactly who is and who is not assured of such a life was a subject of much confusion in his day as it is today, talking about who is assured of a blessed life came to be called the Beatitudes were given by Jesus to help clarify this matter. What the Beatitudes do is they give us some insight into who is blessed. Imagine, this is for Tabani, who I don't think is here, Trats. This just doesn't work without Tabani. I live in Pinetown. Pinetown's not Probably the most highly regarded area. I'm not sure about who wants to move into Pinetown. Um, but could you imagine one day the Kardashians decide that they're going to rock up and move into Pinetown? What is going on? Never Pinetown. Like they would go to Cape Town, Camps Bay, somewhere like that. They wouldn't come to Pinetown. But if they did, that would be shocking. It would be world news. It would be like, what on earth is going on here, the universe moves into the spaces in which no one expected him to move. Everyone thought, if Jesus comes, he's going to bring a revolution. He's going to overthrow the Roman government. He's going to lead the strong. He's going to lead the religious. He's going to lead. But he comes to the fishermen. He comes to the poor in spirit. In fact, the reason why we read that passage beforehand, uh, the, the passage before, because you see who Jesus is talking to, the crowd. It's those who are sick. It's those who, who need healing. It's those who are broken. It's, it's people coming who no one expected would come, uh, the Messiah would come to. Jesus is speaking to them. He's speaking. Now, 
one of the things that uh, Dallas Willard says in a little bit just now, but he says one of the things about the Beatitudes is that the Beatitudes don't come to show us a set of moral traits that are highly regarded. If we look at the Beatitudes and we go, oh, I need to mourn, like that's the kind of person I need to be. You know, we need to be a mourning people or uh, etc. It's It's not there to highlight a specific set of of traits. Um, so Jesus is not saying at this moment, for example, that poverty is blessed. Uh, he's not saying that, oh, you're so much better off being poor. I think all social uh, studies would, would tell us that that's not true. Like, people are way more happier, healthier, etc., etc., by coming out of of poverty. So I don't think Jesus is trying to say that. But I think what, what the Beatitudes say, which Dallas Willard highlights, is what he is trying to say is that Jesus comes to unexpected places and because of that they are blessed. They bless because of Jesus' movement into those spaces, not because those spaces are inherently morally superior. Jesus moves in a certain direction. He comes from heaven into brokenness, and that because of his descent into brokenness, the broken spaces become blessed. The second movement that we see, we see this movement of discipleship, which is from blessed to obey, is Jesus starts with blessed, and he ends with obey. The story about building your house upon the rock and not the sand is a story of obedience. Jesus says, you know, that uh, the wise man is the person who obeys. The, what happens when you read the Sermon on the Mount is it starts off with blessing and it goes through a whole bunch of stuff to highlight what goodness is about and ends with obedience. It doesn't go what is being highlighted in someone highlighted in the Beatitudes is that the 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 traje trajectory of our discipleship is a trajectory from blessing to obedience and not the opposite way, not from obedience to blessing. We often live in the thinking that when we come to church, when we come to Jesus, when we come to certain spaces, that uh, to to religious spaces, that our blessing is dependent on our obedience. But what we learn from the Sermon on the Mount is that our obedience comes out of a space of Dallas Willard says this, because they are poor in spirit. He did not think, what a fine thing it is to be destitute of every spiritual attainment or quality. It makes people worthy of the kingdom. And we steal away the much more profound meaning of his teaching about the availability of the kingdom by replacing the state of spiritual impoverishment in no way good in itself with some supposedly praiseworthy state of mind or attitude that qualifies us for, he goes on to say, we merely substitute another banal legalism for the ecstatic pronouncement of the gospel. The poor in spirit are called blessed by Jesus, not because they are in a meritorious condition, but because precisely 
in spite of and in the midst of their ever so deplorable condition, the rule of the heavens has moved redemptively upon and through them by the grace of Christ. Moves into the area. He moves into, I love what it says in, in John 1 verse 14 in the message. It says, Jesus moves into the neighborhood. When he descends into heaven, he rocks up in the neighborhood. He rocks up in spaces that we don't expect. He rocks up in our lives. Our lives become blessed, not because of any tribute that we have. As Willard highlights, the, the Beatitudes are not to highlight specific characteristics that are more blessed than others. It's to highlight that Jesus brings the availability of the kingdom into spaces in which people did not expect that he would do. The religious reject him, the poor embrace him. Reject him, fishermen and that embrace him. Rich, the wealthy, they cast him aside. Spaces that no one expects the, the Messiah to come. His movement, from that space, Jesus has moved into your life. Come to church, we've, or we've embraced the message of Christ. Jesus has moved into our lives. Because of his movement, because he has made the kingdom available to you and I, we live blessed, dependent on what we own, it's not dependent on our circumstances. It's not dependent on where we live. It's not dependent on anything like that. That blessing, God has rocked up in your life. And because he's rocked up in your life, you are blessed. And it is from that space that our movement, our journey of discipleship happens. We move from blessing to obedience. We move along the, the, the progression of learning that God is working in our lives. And so as he works in our lives, we move towards. Beatitudes remind you that you are blessed not because you obey. Obey because your obedience doesn't determine God rocking up in your life. That changes you it's a life of obedience. And not too blessed. Message that we so often think that we're moving towards our blessing. Are blessed because God has moved towards us. Towards greater. I want to end with these three quick points. I think do for us as we think about who Jesus moves towards. And we think about us moving forward. First is I think the Beatitudes are a safeguard. They're a safeguard against the glitz and glamour of the life that is promised in the world. They're a safeguard against thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. They're a safeguard in thinking that if we just get that job, that promotion, that thing, that new house, that better kitchen, whatever it is, if we just get all of those things, then our lives will be better. We will be safeguarders against that. In, in one sense, because Jesus shows us a different way. It's not necessarily a life of upward mobility. They're also a disruptor. In the words of 
Beatitudes do is they give us a new prophetic imagination. They help us to see the world differently. Some people hate the Beatitudes, and they hate the Beatitudes because they can't imagine that the God of this world, when he rocks up into the neighborhood, he's going to rock up into the spaces that we refuse to go to. We just can't imagine that. So what the Beatitudes do is they disrupt our imagination of what the world should be. They reshape it prophetically. They help us to see something into our lives, unexpected, undeserved, can't believe that God has done it. I don't know about you, I don't know, maybe you are the perfect person and you're here and like you could totally understand why Jesus has come to you. But if you're like me, it's an amazement that Jesus has rocked up in my life. Um, I, I am astounded by that, like think that there are many other people that uh, Jesus should go to, but he comes to me an insecure, weak, and, uh, and Jesus has rocked up into my life and have down days because it's a reminder that our lives are not blessed because we obey, because we've come to church, because we've done all the right things. Our lives are blessed because God is rocked up in your life. Jesus descended into your neighborhood your space, your world, your life. And that is an encouragement. If your faith is based on your performance, the Sermon on the Mount reminds us that we are blessed before we do anything to deserve it. And we bless because God moves towards us. He's moving towards you. And he's constantly moving towards us. Jesus moves in this downward direction in some sense. He moves into the spaces that we're all trying to avoid. He's moving into the spaces in your own heart that you're trying to avoid. He moves into the darkness. The light shines in the darkness, John says, and the darkness could not overcome it. Jesus breaks into the spaces we don't think, and they become blessed because he has arrived and transformation moves from blessedness to obedience. We are changed as we realize that we are blessed because Jesus has rocked up in your life. Can I pray? It's against the temptation of believing that there is any true and lasting life outside of you. Safeguard us against even the, the temptation that I think we face every day which is the temptation to think if I just have more, if I just have better, if I just live in better spaces, if I just have a better job, I'm going to have a better life. But I thank you, Jesus, that you descended into our brokenness of humanity. You modeled that by death on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you rose again so that as we look at your resurrection, we can be reminded that the true hope of our, of our lives is found in you, that life. I pray, Lord, guard us against that temptation and encourage us, Lord, with the fact that we are blessed not because of who we are, not because of what we do,
not because we are special, not because we have anything to offer, but because you, you and your grace descended into our lives, moved in our lives, broke into our lives, opened up our eyes and our hearts and and stirred us towards you despite ourselves. Sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And so was lost, but now I'm found. Now I see your incredible grace, your love, love that broke through our hardness and our stubbornness and opened up our hearts towards you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Bless you all. Have a good uh, afternoon and a good week ahead.